check, 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 check it out. Yep. I, I got two turntables and a microphone. Mm. Ready? Where it's at. Got two turntables and a microphone. <laughs> Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash doctrine. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. How you doing, man? You feeling good? Oh, I'm feeling great. Had a good day, good week. You worked out. I, I worked out with my brother. Yeah, just came straight from there and, uh, you know, just excited to go ahead and enjoy a cigar and enjoy some bourbon. Yeah, man. And talk a little bit about mm-hmm. something we've been wanting to talk about. And... But before we do that, though, yeah. hold on. What? I think you owe right. an entire right. country an apology. America, I am so sorry no, 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 for no, no, whatever no, no, no. I did. No, well, no, 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 no. Well, you need to apologize to America for your presence. But I think there's something else you need to be apologizing for. You mean Canada? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, well, we kind of made fun of Canada. Well, not, well hold on. When you when, say when you say we, you yeah. don't really mean we. Yeah, I mean uh, you, you and I. No, no, no. I think you was mean on you. our last I, episode. I was defending. Right. I was defending. I think you referred to Canada as our slower cousin. No, that was what you said. But then you said it as well. I think. No, I'm pretty sure. Pretty I, sure. No, no. I was referring to Tim Challies as a slow Canadian. No, but he's not though. No, he's not. He's actually really like he's actually okay. Brilliant. So we were joking around. Uh, I was joking around, making fun of Canada mm-hmm. because that's what you do. For um, shame. We, I was making fun of Canada, and um, no, no one wrote in, so we're not. No, you know, no, I, no, but you know, but that's what we do. We make fun of people that you know we uh, that we like a lot of the times. Exactly, and I mean, here's the, the reality. I mean, Canada is an extremely. They're just nice people. They're the nicest people on the planet. They're yeah, they are nicer than the Swedes. They're 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 nicer than the Japanese. Let me tell you all the things that I like about my friends in Canada. About. Yeah, a boot. Okay, I love, uh, I love the fact that it's it's the landscapes. It's beautiful nature up there. Yeah, it looks like a Thomas Kincaid painting without it, the, without the cheese. Well, yeah, yeah, without the cheese. And then, I mean, I like that everyone has a pet caribou. Did they do they really? Yeah, everyone does. It's mandatory. How long were, how long did you live there? Ten years. Wow, ten years. So I am an expert uh, on this. They enjoy having pet caribou. Uh, in every home, no one locks their doors. I learned that from Michael Moore. Okay, and and from living there for ten years, and from living there, yes, yeah. from living there uh, for ten. They're just the nicest people, and they got like they they do a, they produce a lot of good stuff, important stuff. Yeah, uh, they're really great at producing beer. Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. He's from Canada. Uh, Nickelback. Uh, that's you can have that export back. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's not very good. What Pam Anderson? Is she Canadian? She's from Canada. Well, I don't know. Is she? I don't know. Well, I think she is. I heard that. Where'd you hear that from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh wait, Canada. Um, I'm sorry that uh, I offended your delicate sensibilities 
I'm well, sorry. no one wrote in. No, but I'm just I'm just anticipating. We're you not know, anticipating that. I, that no, you know no. that Canada's up there. You know, crying into her diary no, the, about how mean <laughs> the uh, the ugly American was to her. So I'm very sorry that you can't handle uh, life. So, but you are really nice people. You are the nicest people. The I mean, I knew Canadians in, when I was at Moody. Like tons mm-hmm. of Canadians would come to Moody, and super cool, really nice people. Love those people. You got a lame national anthem. Okay, so um, <laughs> what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts and specifically what gifts are operational in the church today. You didn't turn your sound off, did you? Oh, I just did. I got it. All right. So uh, so really, we're not just going to have one pod. We're doing two podcasts. Oh, that's right. It's Spirit Week. Like Holy Spirit Week. Holy Spirit Week. Uh, uh, uh. S-P-I-R-I-T. Wait, did I spell it right? C-A-N-A-D-A-A-A-A. Is that... No, that's the Canada one. Oh, no, it's just as bad. Um, we're gonna. We got a lot of emails in about uh, continuationism mm-hmm. uh, versus cessationism, or as Jimmy likes to call it, sensationalism. Uh, no, I know how to pronounce it. Say, it. say it. Cessationalism. What? Cessationalism. Yes, you're, man, you're trying to mumble them now. Oh, no, you just uh, so cessationism and continuationism. You know what's our view, um, mm-hmm. and how did we arrive at that view? We're going to link to a ton of resources in the show notes on doctrineanddevotion.com. So you can read books and articles, uh, and we'll actually have articles from both sides. We're going to be linking to everything Sam Storms wrote in his series on this issue. So yeah, great series. And he's a, he's a continuationist and a biblical well, man, godly man, awesome guy. Well worth the read. Yeah, yeah, very, very good stuff. Because we want to be informed, and we want to understand each other's positions. So, yeah, this is what we're going to talk about. And mm-hmm. let's start with this, Jimmy. When we're talking about spiritual gifts, what are we talking about? Like, what is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is a gift that the spirit bestows upon the individual mm-hmm. uh, for the edification of the church. Dang, you just killed it with that. That's I good. know I did. And yeah. you tried to get me on the spot. No, no. You looked at me like, what did you? What are you doing? Like, I'm asking you. Yeah, well, that's, I didn't know that was Morgan asked. That, that is a great definition. All right. So it, um, it may uh, correspond to or be connected to natural abilities and talents. Yep. But this is something that the spirit gives individuals. That's right. For the good of the church. Yep. That's awesome. How many spiritual gifts are there? Like like five? Five. Uh, are there five spiritual gifts? Four spiritual laws? <clears throat> Depends on who you ask. Right. You know, I mean, there's a few lists out there uh, in Scripture. So, right. Like Romans look, 12. Here you go. Romans 12, 6 to 8 says this. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, there's one, in proportion to our faith. If service, there's another. In our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Right. Very good. We got 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10, and verses 28 through 30. I'm not going to read all that. Yeah, you guys can open up your Bibles. Down. And we got Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. And, and when you put these together... Mm-hmm. You get a, a general list. Now, some people would say that these are all of the spiritual gifts and there are no others. Mm-hmm. And other people would say like, well, no, these are like the common spiritual gifts and there might be others. And to say that, I don't think is to betray scripture. I think they're just saying that, well, these are the ones that were mentioned and there there might be others that correspond uh, in similar ways. So the ones that are mentioned here then, if you know, if I was just going to do real fast because yeah. we have the list here. You know, administration, knowledge, apostle, leadership, discernment, mercy, evangelism, miracles, exhortation, pastor or shepherd, faith, prophecy, giving, serving or ministering, healing, teaching, interpretation of tongues, tongues and wisdom. Now, some of those, though, 
are called into question? Would, is that a fair way of saying that? Yeah, this whole debate about continuationism versus cessationism has to do with whether or not all of the spiritual gifts mm-hmm. listed in Scripture are uh, continuing today yeah. in their normal uh, manifestations, right? So, and the the ones that are typically debated are apostle, miracles, prophecy, healing, tongues, and things like that. Okay, so for those, like, I feel like all the other ones, we kind of have a general idea mm-hmm. of what, of uh, how you would define that. But so for these ones, uh, how would you define apostle? And well, this is where really when when I'm talking to continuationists. Uh, or cessationists, mm-hmm. uh, we all tend to agree on what an apostle is in Scripture. Okay. An apostle is one uh, of the uh, leaders in the New Testament church that was used by God to establish yeah. the church. He, uh, An apostle was one that had an encounter with the risen Christ. Okay. And they had this apostolic authority that, uh, that all churches recognized and submitted to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we see in the scripture. In the scripture, the, the gift of miracles uh, seems to be the, the dramatic, uh, supernatural work of God in a particular instant where one man uh, says to another, for example, though you have been lame all your life, mm-hmm. rise and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So we have guys that are you know, given uh, the use of their limbs, whereas before they couldn't, or maybe they can see. So these signs, these wonders, these true miracles happening in Scripture, and this was done really at the will of the uh, as uh, of an apostle. They could they could simply do this when they were led to do it. Mm-hmm. Prophecy is one that is is debated um, in the in the Scripture. I think what we see when we see that prophecy is um, the not just the preaching of the word, but the preaching of the word with this. Uh, authority and accuracy that continued the church in the right theological direction uh, until the scripture was uh, was completed so it was a sorry i don't know if you said the word but it's it's it was authoritative yes authoritative verbal gotcha so whereas you know and the apostles certainly prophesied but they weren't necessarily the only ones who prophesied but it Mm -hmm. seems to have happened during the during the apostolic era yeah uh, healing is, uh, you know, associated with miracles, but more specifically, I guess that's really that's talking about the healing. Miracles could be signs and wonders as well, not yeah. just um, not just healing. Uh, interpretation of tongues and speaking in tongues. Uh, even people on both sides seem to recognize that, at least in some of the passages in the New Testament, that when tongues were manifested, they were known earthly languages, but unknown to the people who were speaking them. Yeah. And then God supernaturally gave them this ability to testify in their, this language that they did not know, and he would give someone else the ability to interpret, or there would be somebody there who could speak that language mm-hmm. who would interpret. Uh, there are some today who would say that uh, tongues is, is today, it's a, it's a heavenly language, it is a non-earthly mm-hmm. language, so it is unknown to everyone, though it can be uh, interpreted when God gives somebody the ability to interpret. Mm-hmm. Sam Storms takes that position and argues for it well in the book that we're going to recommend in the show notes. Same with prophecy. Today, uh, continuationists would generally argue that prophecy is preaching. It is not any more authoritative than any other preaching that is in accord with the word. It is certainly not uh, inerrant and mm-hmm. infallible. So, yeah, so I think, and I know we're going to discuss this more on the next podcast. 
you know, prophecy is more forthtelling what God has has already revealed uh, in His Word, rather than foretelling what's going to happen in the future. According to whom? Sorry, what do you mean? I'm not. Are you making that point, or are you saying somebody else is making that point? Oh, I've heard that point. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, um, and and so prophecy. Some some cessationists would liken prophecy in the New Testament to prophecy in the Old Testament mm-hmm. uh, that involves foretelling. Others would say, well, no, it's not necessarily f- you know, like this this foretelling of what's what's going to happen, um, but it is the perfect revelation of of God in uh, in verbal form. You know, I remember now where I, I read that. Where's that? Playing by the rules. Bob Stein. Yep. Robert Stein, good gospels scholar. Um, now oh, I remember. That yeah. was years ago. See? Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's just talk about these two basic views, okay? Mm-hmm. Continuationism and cessationism. So summarize, what is, what is continuationism? Uh, continuationism teaches that all the spiritual gifts listed and seen in the scriptures are still operating today, yeah. including the gifts of apostle, healing, miracles, prophecy in tongues. And th- I would also then say, you know, the interpretation of tongues. Right, right. Uh, tongues kind of like a, a catch-all for it all. Exactly, but, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, and they, they're going to redefine or define some things uh, very carefully there. And mm-hmm. a cessationist is going to argue that some of the spiritual gifts listed, the ones that we've talked about, are no longer normally operative in the church today, specifically apostle, healing, miracles, prophecy, and tongues. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if we're just being really honest here, we are cessationists. Yeah. Now, and I, and I think it's important, or at least <clears throat> maybe not important, but for me, it's helpful because I know you and I actually had this conversation, you know, because I didn't really have a clear understanding of cessationalism, right? Like I, uh, cessationism. Is that did I say it right? You got it. All right. Joe was like shaking his head. Well, at Well, the me. first time you got it wrong. Got I know. That's why you're shaking yeah, your head at yeah. me. But you know. Uh, I didn't have a clear understanding. It was actually on our way to that men's retreat. Do you remember that? It was at... Uh, no. We were driving. We were driving into Michigan, or we are already in Michigan, where you're speaking at a men's retreat. Holopolis. Get me to the Holopolis. Jason Holopolis. <laughs> okay. Do you remember? No, I don't remember. You don't remember the conversation we had? No. It was actually like a turning point for me, and you don't even remember this? No, man. It was really impactful. I'm sorry. What do you want? What do you do? Oh, I know. You're Joe Thorne. You no, have all no, these I, conversations no, with just, everybody else. And this is not. So we wound up talking about cessationism. Okay, cool. And it was helpful. It was, okay, yes. It was helpful because I think I had the idea that uh, a cessationist was someone that didn't believe in any of the gifts at all. That the the gifts. Uh, I remember the conversation. Yeah, now you remember. remember See, that. oh, thing. Okay. Now I'm important enough for you to remember. No, no, you were important enough. My brain just doesn't work. Okay. I'm super tired. Uh, so I had this this wrong view of a cessationalist that that all the gifts had ceased, that God had uh, ceased working through his people mm-hmm. or the Holy Spirit had ceased working through his people, uh, ultimately only working in salvation. Mm. Yeah. And also there are different kinds of cessationists. Mm. Um, for example, there are happy cessationists like us. Yeah. And then there are mean uh, angry, volatile cessationists. Yeah. I'm not saying who, I'm just saying there are various stripes. Um, there are some cessationists who would say that uh, like these apostolic gifts, we, we, what we call them, uh, that of apostle, of course, healing, miracles, prophecy, and tongues, uh, is no longer operative today. Uh, but then they seem to go even farther than that mm-hmm. and claim that there is more that, that doesn't happen or cannot happen today. And so we just want to be really clear about where we stand. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we stand uh, here with the 1689 Confession, Chapter 1, Paragraph 1. The Holy Scripture uh, is 
um, is our most necessary form of authority. And those former ways of God's revealing his will unto his people is now completed. See, for us, yeah. it is the scripture, the completion of scripture that has, that God has given to us at the end of the apostolic era. So that is what we go to as our authority. And that is what we trust. The revelation of God is complete. So this the, the prophecy um, and, and whatnot, and, and the miracles, the things that would establish and, and verify uh, the truth being told is no longer necessary because the truth has been told and is compiled in Scripture. What we're not saying, though, Jimmy, like we're not saying that God is limited in what he can do. No, no, we're God not. God can do whatever he wants. No, and actually that was one of the things, you know, I had been accused of um, at a former church was uh, where I, I w- they were very— they were very much into the gifts of the spirit, specifically in um, tongues and grand manifestations of the spirits working in people's lives, like healings and, and things like, like that. Like what kind of healings? Like like uh, like guy was blind and now he can see like that? No, no. It was always you like, know, like a guy who has a club foot and then he takes off his shoe and it's back to normal. Nope. Like, no, like no. What kind of what kind of big signs and wonders were you seeing? Back pain relieved. Okay. <laughs> so they, so like, um, yeah, no, no, I'm not trying like to icy hot. Out. It was like, uh, it was, uh, it was as, as, it was as effective as icy hot. Okay. So I'm not trying and we're not to be, listen, okay. we're not supposed to be mean. We're supposed to be, I know. Nice. And I'm not trying to, you be were mean. kind of being, no, mean I was again. not. I would, you asked a question. I okay. answered the question. Icy hot miracle. So there was, you know, and what they would call words of knowledge. Right. And so anyways, um, and I know I've, I've mentioned this before and I know I've talked about it with Joe, you know, for me, uh, as I came to read scripture and was embracing, uh, the reform tradition, um, what I began to see was that the greatest manifestation of the Holy spirit was in the life of a non-believer convicting them of their, of their sin and their need for grace. Mm. But so anyways, as I was having this conversation, what I would be told was I was blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Mm, yeah. And I think that's where this is kind of it. This is this is what we're not saying that right. God is limited. Yeah, we're not saying that. And we're not even saying that God doesn't work miracles today. Exactly. Now, it depends on how carefully you want to define miracles. But but we would say that God does the miraculous today. He does things that we cannot explain that seem to bend the laws of, of, of nature. I mean, uh, God does what he wants to do when he does it. We've seen people healed uh, that doctors can't explain. And, mm-hmm. But what we don't see is somebody walking up to a person who, um, who has been paralyzed from the waist down for the last 10 years, touch them, and tell them to walk in the name of Jesus. Yeah. That just doesn't happen. Now, some, they would, now here's the continuationist, right, would, would say— well, just because it's not your experience doesn't mean it's not necessarily true. Right. And what, what we would say is then just show us one uh, verified video clip and I'll shut up. But we don't have that. We, the, nothing has been verified. We just, I don't see it. Now, again, it's not that God can't heal. And I'm not even saying that God won't heal in the midst of a person praying for another pe- person exactly. getting healed. I am simply saying that the gift to heal on command is not something that I see happening in the world, and it's not something that I see that is even supposed to be happening normally in the life of God's people. And that is the important distinction here, right, is, is the gift itself, not necessarily that the miraculous 
does not happen or right. cannot happen. Right. Right. Otherwise, I mean, maybe we'll talk about this in the next one. But if that person has that gift, why are they not at the cancer ward? Yeah. And I'd call the news crews and uh, I would say, hey, uh, I'm going to talk for five minutes and then you're going to record that. And then I'm going to uh, heal these people. So you know that what I'm telling you is the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get it on. man. And Let's I mean, my frustration. OK, we'll talk about that one next one, because I'm going to focus on this one area and I'm going to rant and I'm going to wait. All right. So hang on to your rant. So let's be really clear here. Um, we're cessationists. Many of our friends are continuationists. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't believe either position is heretical. That's right. We don't, uh, we're good friends with not just, look, there are, con, there are uh, continuationists who are, for all practical purposes, they're cessationists. They, <laughs> they want to verbally affirm that all of yeah. these things happen, but they don't pract- none of this happens in their churches. They've never seen any of this. So they're theoretical continuationists, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but we also have friends that are full-blown charismatics, and yeah. we, love, we love our, our right. brothers and sisters. There's no real beef here. Because they love the gospel. Right. All right, we, we wind up in the cessationist camp because we are fundamentally convinced that some of these gifts, the gift of being an apostle, for example, that these were foundational, mm. that these were gifts given to the church for a shorter period of time that, uh, that were not intended to be normative over you know, throughout the course of redemptive history. They seem to happen here and there. And so during the apostolic era, era we see that. And in fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 20 through 22, we read that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles Mm. and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now, this doesn't settle anything, but that this is sort of where we're coming from, that the apostles and the prophets were a foundational gift. They were foundational gifts to the church until the church itself was established. Apostles and prophets are no more, and some of the gifts associated with that era, we believe, have passed. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, That reminds me. Jim Gaffigan wrote in Where Have All the Spiritual Gifts Gone? Jim what? Gaffigan. He wrote— The comedian? Shut up. No. You mean Richard Gaffin? All right, you know what? Yes. Yeah, Richard— Jim Jim Gaffigan does the Hot Pockets thing. (laughs) Those are good. No, listen, and can I just say, everybody, no, Jim Gaffigan is not funny. Wait. Yeah, no, he, he, he is he not is a, funny. He, you hold your tongue. I'm the only no, Christian guy that, no, that does you not. You hold your tongue. He is a national treasure, sir. Is he from Canada? I bet he is. Google it. I'm Googling right now, actually. I bet, he, I bet, he, I bet he's from Canada. Jim, because he's not funny. Jim, well, not, let me yeah, put it this way. Yeah. Okay, I'll be more, I'll be more um, honest here. He is not funny to me. I don't, I, I've never cracked a smile or a giggle from Jim Gaffigan. All right, did you find it? Hold on. Is he from Canada? I'm checking. Do you spell it right? Yeah. Canada. Uh, C- nope, American. And uh, this is from Wikipedia, so you can try Oh, so it's probably not true. Yeah. So what did, what did Gaffigan say? No, it's Gaffigan. Yes, Gaffin. Richard Gaffin uh, writes, Ephesians 2.20 then points to the temporary, non-continuing role of the apostles in the life of the church. Their place was in the foundational era of the church's history. Their function was to provide revelatory, infallibly authoritative, canonical witness to the consummation of salvation history and Christ's finished work. That function does not belong to the superstructure period to follow, but provides the completed basis on which that superstructure, as it continues to be built, rests. So the gifts, uh, these apostolic gifts, are the foundation upon which the superstructure 
uh, mm-hmm. the, the church ultimately, and all those other gifts are built and functioned. That's that's where we're coming from here. That's that's how we see it. That's right. Um, now look, could I be, could we be wrong? Yeah, absolutely. We could we be could wrong. Be. Absolutely. It's, I'm okay saying it. I, I, <laughs> I don't think we're wrong, but we absolutely could be. Part of uh, me wishes we were, right? Like if, if I'm, I'm, I'm just being sincere, right? If like healings and things like that uh, were still today, I'm talking about that gift. Yeah. You know, there would be just, I, I'm just thinking through, you know, cancer wards. There's kids that are suffering. Yeah. You know, there's people that, that are in desperate need of of healing i mean i i would love to be able to see that to happen yeah and it, and that's that that is the the heartbeat of a person that loves their neighbor mm-hmm. you know that's and you're very much that way like you are a compassionate dude uh you want to see people but we even know it, it, we listen jesus was motivated by mercy works yeah. of mercy are to be characteristic of the church but the more significant, and you were, uh, you were saying this earlier, the more significant work That's right. is the work of salvation. Absolutely. Now, we don't do that uh, in isolation from works of mercy, but the work of preaching the gospel and making disciples is our first and foremost responsibility and duty. Well, Joe. Yeah, what's up? People are busy. I'm Finding busy. time to read can be hard. You said you that know, last time. Yeah, I know, but people struggle with reading don't you, you well don't you, i don't you do you seem to struggle with reading I, okay you know what I, I can't read fast okay but i can hear quickly uh, in my right ear okay and so for the listeners of doctrine devotion audible is offering a free audiobook oh. download with a free 30-day trial to check out their service yeah and you know what i'm gonna what? recommend a book which one who is the holy spirit by sinclair, sinclair ferguson oh man boom sinclair ferguson boom we kind of have a man crush on Sinclair oh, Ferguson. Oh, I love me the Fergie. Man, uh, it's a good book. Uh, you need to get it, and it relates to what we're talking about here. So if you want to download your free audio book today, go to audibletrial.com slash doctrine. Mm. We get a little bit of money if you sign up for their free 30-day trial, and that's going to help us pay for these mics <laughs> and everything else that we yeah, bought. third mic we just bought. So... Um, <laughs> We did just buy a third mic. So uh, go to audibletrial.com slash doctrine mm-hmm. for your free audiobook. You can cancel anytime. It's going to be really good. All right. So when we're talking about continuationism and cessationism, and we admit without embarrassment that we yes. are cessationists. That's right. We also want to say very clearly, very boldly, that we are pro-Holy Spirit. Amen. Like we are not, we are not of the the variety of of Baptists or some Reformed guys who are quiet about the Holy Spirit. Don't talk much about the Holy yeah. Spirit. Um, it's one of the reasons we're a part of Acts twenty nine, because Acts twenty nine, while not requiring a continuationist position, uh, they are very pro Holy Spirit. They believe in the filling and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That this is something that you know that the Christian and the Church ought to be hungry for. Mm-hmm. Right, the, the the commands to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, is important to us. In the um, 1689, chapter 1, verse 6, it says this, The whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for his own glory, man's salvation, faith, and life, is either expressly set down or necessarily contained in the Holy Scripture, unto which nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelations of the Spirit or traditions of men. Nevertheless, we acknowledge the inward illumination of the Spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the Word. In other words, ain't nothing going to happen in our lives apart from the Holy Spirit. That's right. Conviction, regeneration, the proper understanding of God's Word, filling, leading, uh, all of these things and more 
are the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And so we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the ongoing activity of the Holy Spirit. But we don't want to say that that we are charismatics because that's not our position. Uh, we are cessationists, and you know it's sort of a sort of a bad phrase because it kind of says like, "Hey, we're we're not about these things." Exactly, we believe it, these it, things. It has a negative connotation to it, which is right. why I, I struggled and didn't quite understand what it actually meant. Well, I, man, I didn't uh, when I, when I joined X twenty nine, I I didn't use that word. Um, I just said I, I would say uh, God can manifest any gift He wants at any time He chooses. Yeah, but I've only seen. These gifts manifested These gifts, yeah. and used at work, but really, the you know some people associate cessationism with you know John MacArthur and like mm. the Strange Fire uh, Conference and, and that position. And the, those guys, when they speak about the heresies and the abuses that are true uh, that are present in parts of the charismatic movement, we I would agree with them a hundred percent. Bang on! But that is not the same thing as the continuationist. Like there are many continuationists who um, are not abusing. Uh, um, the church and, and scripture, and they're they're not misleading people down dangerous paths. Sam Storms. Sam Storms is a brilliant, godly man. I will never be as smart as as Doctor Storms, and uh, and we disagree here. And I very humbly disagree with him because mm. I read his book, and I think he makes a good case for it. I just think the other position is it's more biblically satisfying to yeah. me than the other. So when we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the doctrine of pneumatology, we are. Um, we really, you, you have to look to the Reformed tradition mm. for some of the best works on the Holy Spirit. Why would you say that? Because the classics that are broadly read and received by everyone, or by, by most, are written by those in the Reformed tradition, both the, you know, the, the Puritans and uh, those that came from that tradition. So you can look at you know, uh, John Owen's classic. I know you like that one yeah. a lot. So it's volume three in his uh, in his sixteen volume series, or you can buy it as a Puritan paperback, kind of updated and and edited, abridged. Yeah, so that, that that's a really good book. You got George Smeaton, B.B. Warfield, uh, modern day guys like Sinclair Ferguson. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I really am convinced that the best treatments, not because they agree with me, but I think the way they've been received and how yeah. how robust they are uh, and thorough. Uh, they really do come from the Reformed position. And the Reformed position, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, is deeply experiential. Now, that's not always true in Calvinistic churches today. Uh, we, sometimes we, we, we neglect these truths, but the tradition itself is rich with the proper, I think, understanding and emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Which is why I think we have this, there's that view of the frozen chosen, right? Right. You know, uh, just stoic and and just devoid of life. Mm-hmm. And, and joy. Mean, and what, what, what do you say to them? Like, what do you say to the the Calvinist who is a, clearly a cessationist, mm-hmm. um, but they are the frozen chosen? Like, if you had to say uh, like a hard word to them, what would you say? Uh, don't be a deist. Right. Yeah, like a deist, the the one who believes that that God is no longer really involved That's in right. the affairs of men, mm-hmm. that He made it and walked away. Um, what kind of God is that? Right. Like, what kind of God is that? That that would just create and turn his back. Well, I'll tell you, it's a it's a comfortable God because it means he's, he stays out of my business. I like that. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. <laughs> no, I mean my flesh <laughs> likes that, right? Like, no. It, I, in fact, I was called a deist one time. I'm gonna tell this story. Oh, you um, didn't tell it. So, 
John Kessler is a professor at Moody Bible Institute. Mm. Now he Great said, book, "Spirit, folly." What is it? Yeah, he, he's written some really good books. Um, we've linked to them before. Uh, he he says this didn't happen, but I know it happened because I was there, and because he called my my dorm room to talk about it after it happened. So sorry, John. Um, so we were in class and we were talking about the Holy Spirit, some of the things the Holy Spirit does, and he was talking about the leading of the Holy Spirit specifically. And I kind of uh, you know, dismissed what he was saying and said, "Ah, that was you know, you're just going to the, the you know narratives and and descriptive passages that are not prescriptive. God doesn't lead us today; He led the disciples and the apostles. He doesn't lead us like that." And uh, and I kind of spouted off arrogantly for a while. Now here's how I remember it. All right, mm-hmm. the lights dimmed. A spotlight showed up on me. I'm pretty sure that's not what happened. John Kessler, Dr. Kessler, pointed his finger at me from across the room, and he said, Joe, you are a deist. Okay, that that probably happened. Okay, the the lights part did, but the rest of it did. The spotlight did not He said, Joe, you're a deist. And I got real quiet, and I went back to my dorm room, and I thought, he's right, I'm a deist. Like, functionally, I'm a deist. I, I, I don't really have any room for God to be active and involved in my life. And, and all of the rest of my theology spoke against it. Yeah. I was just blind to it. And so there is this, there is this, um, there is this temptation for us to be so afraid of the abuses yes. that we see in the charismatic church that we neglect the doctrine of the Holy Spirit and we neglect uh, the manifestation of the Spirit in the life of God's people through the gifts that He gives, and that is dangerous. So I, I think because ultimately we're we're not worshiping a true God. We're not worshiping God for who He really is yeah. and what He does in and among His people he's today. A, he's a Trinitarian God. That's right. He, he is a triunity. So if you've only got two, you ain't got God. That's it. You got something else. What? All right. We're we're gonna we're gonna run out of time, so we're gonna do part two on Thursday. What's in that bag over there? What is that? Oh, that bag? Yeah. There's some mail. Mailbag. Mailbag. I like that setup. That was pretty good. <laughs> I just right, I'm going to read this out loud. Uh, it's a long email, oh. uh, and, but I'm not going to read the name. Okay. Okay. You're always afraid about reading names. Well, especially when it's something like this. Okay. Okay. I would read the name. No, I'm not going to read this name. It's from Tim Challies. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. John Piper writes. no all right subject is once saved always saved hey guys i'm really enjoying your podcast i'm about halfway through from the beginning and like what you guys bring to the table thanks man buffet table that's what we did i am currently going to a mega church with my wife and son i thought everything was great until i stumbled upon reformed theology my church's teaching do not line up when it comes to reformed theology I'm really just at the starting point of digging in and trying to understand the theological concepts or aspects of Christianity. On top of my new on top of my new interest in reformed theology, my church just had a sermon on the idea of quote once saved, always saved, end quote. This included all those that denounce Jesus and or the Father as being saved since at one point in their life they had once believed in. They once believed in Jesus being their savior. Growing up in church, I had never heard this. This is a new idea to me. It, doesn't, it also doesn't quite line up with what I have read and heard in different reform media. What is your guys' take? Is this just a result of the liberalization of the church, or has this idea been around for quite a while? Thanks, and keep up the good work. Jimmy Fofo, I appreciate nope, your love for the church nope. and the people. Doesn't say And that. I wish you would speak more. And give us some um, of your wisdom. 
Um, and your hair is beautiful. Okay. Um, all right. A person that I, whose name I can't say, which is so weird. Uh, he doesn't say what city he's in. You could have read that. You could have read right, his fair name. Fair enough. You, if you want to say, I'm gonna call name? him Alex. I'm gonna call him Alex. All, all right. right. So Alex. Uh, first of all, no, this is not a result of the liberalization of the church. Um, it is a result of bad theology, um, but not necessarily liberal theology. Liberalism uh, really originally was a denial of the inerrancy uh, uh, and sufficiency of God's word. Yeah. And, um, and that has morphed into a denial of like the bodily resurrection of Christ and other things. So it isn't uh, a result of liberal theology. But it is from the school of what's called free grace theology, or um, the non-lordship theology, uh, or hyper Calvinism. Uh, no, no. But uh, this is this is uh, a debate that has been around for uh, for quite a while, uh, especially among dispensationalists, lordship salvation guys like John MacArthur, with whom we would have much more agreement with, and then guys like Zane Hodges, who wrote books to the contrary. Essentially, making the point that you're making. So, what we would say is, or at least what I would say, is that number one, uh, a person who is at once saved remains saved. So, the phrase "once saved, always saved" yeah. is a true statement. We don't have a problem with that. Uh, the, 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 how they're fleshing it out, though, is a problem because the scripture doesn't only say "once saved, always saved." The scripture also says "once saved, always persevering." Once saved, always believing. So it is not just that when a person is regenerated and born again, when a person is justified and reconciled to God, that they are forever reconciled to God, even though their faith may uh, completely evaporate. The faith can get weak. It can go strong. Mm -hmm. uh, they can stumble and fall and backslide, yes, but they will ultimately persevere in faith to the end. And this is something that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about perseverance of the saints in a later uh, episode. So the the short of it is, it's it's called easy believism sometimes, uh, free grace theology, and it is I think um, a misunderstanding of not only conversion but of sanctification. Really, the issue that you have to nail down is the doctrine of sanctification. What does it look like? Mm -hmm. This is why when the Lordship Salvation controversy was happening in the 80s and 90s, the Reformed churches were like, we've settled this a long time ago. This is not a debate that we yeah. really have because uh, our confessions and our catechism and everything clearly articulates uh, the, the position of a believer, the practice of a believer, and even the, 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 the temporary falls from grace that accompany uh, the life of many Christians. And we talked a little bit about this during our backsliding episode, so you can go back to that. It's episode one of D&D. Check that out for more info. Got any recommendations for people on the Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah. You know what the first one's going to be? I, I do, but maybe they don't. Oh, the Holy Spirit. Oh, shocking. Yeah. Good time. By Sinclair Fergie. Yeah, man. Fergie's book is a must-have. you got to get it. It's mm. uh, already a modern classic. Uh, you're not going to do much better. Uh, we have mentioned John Owen, uh, the Holy Spirit. You definitely uh, should pick that up. You know, and if you're, if you're, you know, you're talking about a, a 17th century theologian, brilliant theologian, and so the language is, is pretty archaic. Your best intro to that is going to be uh, the Puritan paperback by Banner of Truth with mm -hmm. updated language, and it's an abridgment. Uh, it's really, really good, and it's not big. It is 
short. So be sure and pick those up. We'll link to all of this in the show notes at doctrineanddevotion.com. Want to give a special thanks to Justin Bond of J Bond Media. We love that guy. Oh, uh, we're gonna see him soon. Oh, that's right. We got something special going on. Oh, we can't talk about it. We're we? not gonna talk about it yet. Well, we got something special going uh, on. Come on, when can we talk about it? We're flying in. We're flying in Justin mm-hmm. to do some very special video stuff. Yes, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be great. And we have someone. We can't say who it is yet. No. All right, fine. I'll no. wait. But we have someone lined up. Yeah. We're going to do some some original content mm-hmm. uh, in a new format uh, for people that want to support the show. So check it out. You'll get um, lots of lead up to that as it's uh, getting put together. So make sure you check out Justin Bond of J Bond Media. Uh, he, anything you need for your audio and video needs, hit him up. He's linked here in the credits uh, of the show notes. Great. Uh, if you want to help us, support us, you can leave a review of our podcast. We really like it when you do that. That's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Even if you're one of those jokers that gave us four stars instead of five, we love you too. Um, so A little less. It's, yeah, you have favorites. Um, but man, leave us a review at iTunes, especially iTunes, but any, any platform that you use would be great. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Doc and Devo. And we've got a Facebook page, of course. Um, we would love for you to tell your friends, spread the word, uh, mm, share us on, caring. yeah, share it. Don't just follow us on social media, share what we're doing on social media so other people can tune in and check it out. Head on over to our website, uh, You can hit the contact us page. You can fill out the form, leave us your comments and your ideas. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, it's always good. We get lots of emails and they're lots always really, really cool. So, and so sorry if we don't respond to all the messages we get. Trust me, we get a lot yeah, of emails, right? A lot of Instagram messages, a lot of private messaging in Twitter, right. and a lot of private messaging on Facebook. It's, it's we only hard have, for us to keep up. We only have two secretaries right now just for the podcast, so mm-hmm. it's really hard for them to keep up with it all. Yeah, they got to get faster. They're going to get fired. <laughs> we can't fire ourselves. <laughs> can we? <laughs> um, also, if you want to support the store, one thing that you can do is you can go to Amazon.com yes. through any of the links on our website. We've got a little banner at the top of the page. But any book that we link to, if you just click any of those and buy anything, that will help us recoup some of the costs of starting up the podcast. Thank so you. That would always help. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. We're going to talk more about spiritual gifts. Or specifically, we're going to talk about uh, the spiritual gifts that are operational today and what those look like and how you can uh, maybe discover and develop your own spiritual gifts that God has given you. Take we a look, test. Yeah, we look, don't. There will be no tests. Okay, so we'll be taking a test. No online tests for spiritual No, we diagnosis. got it. I got it, the link right here. Oh, goodness. I just figured out what you are. Uh, what am I? Oh, you'll find out Thursday. Oh, I don't want to know. All right, tune in, guys. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a few days. Later. Later.